Hey folks, thanks for joining us and Happy New Year. My name is Jason and I'm one of the pastors at Clearview Community Church. I'm sure you've had someone ask you this question or something like this when they've met you. So, hey, uh, are you from around here? Now, typically what they mean is did you grow up in the area? Now for me, it takes a bit of explaining. You see, we moved around a bit growing up. I moved from uh, Newfoundland to Stainer, and then from Stainer to Bracebridge, and then to Huntsville, and then to Collingwood, and then our family moved to Kapuskasing, and now we've moved back to Collingwood again. When we moved back to the Collingwood area, we actually took some time and drove around with our kids and showed them mine and Sarah's first apartment, our first home uh, where our oldest was born, our second home where two of our children were born and where Sarah grew up. I've come to realize as we revisit those places, it isn't so much the physical homes that actually have meaning. What I've quickly learned is you begin to remember certain events. You begin to remember birthdays and parties and Christmas celebrations. What really matters are the memories and the relationships with people involved. Many of you have heard the saying, I'm sure, home is where the heart is. What makes a home a home is the people that you love and share it with, not an actual physical location. And for those that are just joining us, we are concluding our Advent series entitled Awaiting Jesus. The word Advent means arrival or coming. As we just celebrated the Christmas season, we remember Jesus coming, Jesus' Advent, his first coming. Well, today, we're going to look at another major event called Jesus' second coming or his second Advent. So today, I want us to look at this truth. Here, here we go. You will never find contentment in this life because you have been created for another home. If you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to grab those out. And we're going to look at John 14, verse 1 through 6. We're going to read the entire thing and then kind of unpack a few things today. So verse 1 says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so... Would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Here we find Jesus in these last days before his betrayal and his death. He's speaking to his disciples. Now, these guys he's, he's been hanging out with, his best, these are his best friends. He spent many hours with them over the last three years. He's traveled with them. He's eaten together. He's shared life with them. But now it's time for Jesus to go. So how does he prepare them for his departure? He tells them not to let their hearts be troubled. He then goes on to explain that he's going to be leaving them to prepare a place for them so that they will always be together. Which brings me to our first takeaway today. Home 
as I've already mentioned, is connected to the heart. I probably don't need to tell you this. We kind of know this naturally. Every person I talk to has deep down, has a longing deep down inside them for a home, somewhere they can belong, even if they've never experienced this before. See, the Bible teaches us that it's not just about the place where we grew up, it's a place of belonging. That it is what really makes a home a home is that you belong. It's why some people are so broken inside. Perhaps your home, that place that was supposed to be safe and welcoming was a place of chaos. The memories you look back on were filled with regret. So listen to me. Jesus wants to restore your brokenness and bring you into his family, into his home. But in order to bring us fully home, our hearts must be restored. And that's a part of what Jesus came to do. In fact, the prophet Ezekiel said this in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You see, one of the things that I've come to realize is that we're all broken in different ways. We often hide it well, but we all need God. We all need Jesus to repair our brokenness, to replace our hearts of sin and give us a heart that follows after him so he can bring us into his new home. Someone once said, what I like most about my home is who I share it with. That is because love is what makes a house a home. Which brings me to our second takeaway today. Home is about loving relationships. You see, if you didn't know this already, you, we need each other. See, John Elridge said this, whatever else it means to be human, we know beyond doubt that it means to be relational. Are the greatest joys and memories of your life associated with family, friendship, or falling in love? Aren't your deepest wounds somehow connected to someone else, to a failure of relationship? that you were loved but are no longer, or that you never have been chosen. One of the deepest of all human longings is the longing to belong, to be a part of things, to be invited in. We want to be a part of the fellowship. Where did that come from? That's a great question. And I believe that it came from the fact that we were created by God in his own image. The whole concept of community originates in God himself, in the concept of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have always existed and have been in perfect community together. Deep down in our very souls, we long for relationship. This is also what the church is meant to reflect. Jesus calls us to true, authentic, loving relationships. We are to love one another and forgive one another. We're to care for one another, bear one another's burdens, pray for one another, comfort one another, encourage one another. Now, with that said, if you are looking for perfection, we are not perfect people. We make mistakes, we bug one another at times, we aren't all BFFs, but I want you to understand something. As much as you want people to be friendly with you, people are waiting for you to be friendly with them. So maybe, maybe you need to invite someone out for a coffee. Look at areas to serve and minister alongside of others. 
See, Jesus emphasizes this concept of relationships for the church when he actually calls us brothers and sisters. We are invited by God into his family. I like what Dr. Tony Evans says. The definition of a church is a community of believers who convince you you can make it, then stand beside you while you try. Home is about loving relationships. And finally, and ultimately our last takeaway today is this. Home is found in the person of Jesus. In John 14, verse six, after Thomas asked his question, how can we know the way, Jesus responds. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, ultimately, Jesus would demonstrate God's love by laying down his life for all of us who are lost so we can find our way home. Jesus was saying to Thomas, by my sacrifice, I made a way. I have made the way for relationship with the Father. The relationship that has been severed by our sin and disobedience, Jesus paid the price for all, all of it. He took it upon himself, all of our sin, all of our shame, our punishment. The relationship with God is restored by grace through faith in the sacrifice of Jesus for us. In this moment, Jesus is not giving any other options. He didn't say this is one among many ways. He didn't say the way home is me plus another religion or me plus another worldview. He didn't say it was him plus your good works and your good deeds, no. The very clear implication here is that there is no other way. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. So hear me, and I've said this before, Jesus plus anything ruins everything. It's Jesus. The way home is Jesus only. And in this life, we can have the sense of home. When you place your faith in Jesus, God wraps his arms around you and he says, welcome home. John 1.12 says, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To all of you who have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your home. You are a part of the family. That's great news, but guess what? There's more. Jesus is the way to the Father's eternal home. There is a home that we are all looking for, whether you realize it or not. See, the story of human history remains incomplete in the here and now. As we just celebrated at Christmas, Jesus came in his first advent, but he will come again in what we call his second advent. As I mentioned, his second coming. The second coming of Jesus is the completion of his saving work. The final act of the story is an eternal relationship with God through Jesus in an eternal home. Look at what Jesus says in verse three. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. This is the to be continued part of the story. Jesus promised that he will return for those who have placed their faith in him. This is the promise that Christians look forward to. For those who are followers of Jesus, we don't live in a delusion that this life doesn't have problems. We are very much aware that this world is not what it should be, that this life can be ugly. There are days when I wish that God would just come back and bring justice to the injustice that I see in this world that he would heal all the brokenness. 
And the truth is someday he will. But until he does come, he's given us his Holy Spirit as our comforter. He has given us his word, the Bible, that points us to Jesus. He has given us one another, the church, to walk alongside one another until he returns. So maybe you're listening and you would say, I would love to have a seat at the dinner table in Jesus' forever home. Wouldn't that be cool? Here's the great news. There is a seat waiting for you. There's a seat waiting for anyone. But let me remind you, Jesus is the only door the only way into God's home. And you might be thinking, well, that's pretty narrow-minded. Well, let me ask you. If God just opened the door and let everyone into his home without any type of standard, what would be the end result? Because listen, you and I wouldn't do that. Think about this. There is a reason tonight when you go home, you're going to shut your door and you're going to lock it. You don't want just anyone wandering in. I have my wife and my children to think about. So, if God just opened the door without a standard, what would we have? We would have exactly what we have now on earth. And we all know this here is broken. So God sets the standard, and that standard, my friends, is actually perfection. It's sinlessness. But which one of us is perfect? I know I'm not perfect. So what what does God do? He sends Jesus. So listen to me. Jesus' first advent, he came as a humble baby. He lived a sinless life, a life none of us could live. He died a criminal's death on the cross, the punishment that our sin deserves. And he rose again to give us a new everlasting life for those who place their faith in him. And he will come again, but this time not as a humble baby, but as a victorious king. He will set up his kingdom. So question for you, will you be a part of his kingdom? Invited into his home when he comes. See, the invitation is in your hand. You simply need to accept it by placing your faith in Jesus. For those who are followers of Jesus, my prayer is this would be a reminder that this is not the end, friends. As Christians, we live in a tension of already and not yet. See, we look back at Jesus' triumph over his, our enemy, Satan, and sin and death, and, and we know that he has been victorious. But we also know there's coming a day when he will establish his kingdom and he will be king. So in the meantime, my questions for you are, how are you living in this tension in light of Jesus' return? Do you really live life as though Jesus is coming back to this world and this world is not your home? Am I more worried about this life's comfort than I am about eternal things? Do I see people as those I want with me in Jesus' eternal home? If so, what am I doing about it? And so my challenge for you, if you're a follower of Jesus, as we enter into the new year, is to live a life in light of Jesus' first coming, that it is not the end of the story, but he is going to return. Why don't you join with me as we pray? God, I thank you that you are a loving God. You are gracious. You are kind, you are in control. I thank you that every one of us has been invited to be a part of your family and be in your forever home. And for those listening, wherever you are, who have never placed their faith in you, God, friends, I would encourage you to say yes to Jesus in this moment. Jesus loves you, he is reaching to you. He is the only way to God's eternal home. Lord, I pray for those who are saying yes to you right now. May they sense your presence, and your love. And for those who follow you, Jesus, may we live in the truth 
that you are returning, you are our king, and you have gone to prepare a place for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've prayed a prayer of faith to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us. May God bless you over this new year. May his hand guide you and may his spirit empower you to live for him. God bless you, my friends. Hope to see you again soon. Take care.